Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Instagram. is the website. How are you guys doing? This is You Tweeted You Mean It episode 95 4. That's right, this is the recap episode of 94 5. This is 95 4. Don't get it confused, don't get it twisted, baby. This is what we do. Uh, sadly, I did come up with that name before the podcast started, so it is not like a, it's not one of those names like usual. It's more like one of those names like the other one where it was, I forgot the other one where I had to redo it, and it was like the opposite name. Oh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) This is a saga. Strap in. This one's long, you can tell. You can see how long it is. We go through this every time. Um, I've got a text message that I'd like to reply to. I've got the Toth deck here. It's the Crowley Toth deck. I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to put pressure back on. Opening song, Pressure, by Muse. This one is uh, featuring UCLA band. UCLA marching band. sent that text message we're fine now um what i do have to do is go on to twitter on my phone
All right. Um, this episode is mainly for me to be able to take my time with information. But also there's new shit. We've got a few new tweets, not very many. We've got three stand-up set recordings. But mostly, we've got old tweets. Oh yeah. I'm gonna skim through old tweets and then talk about shit that I wanna talk about. After we asked the Alice Girl at Toth Deck how I would like to say hello. Uh new album from Muse called uh, Simulation Theory. Muse is always on the cutting edge of cool shit. Simulation Theory. And the first song is called Algorithm. I haven't read the lyrics yet, but it's very new age It's very new agey. Alright, um, the tweets are starting out October 27th. It's currently the 10th of November. So that's pretty far back. Got ourselves a word count, type 276 words. Billy and Rick are on very similar paths, but have different motivations, and I'm hoping to touch on some cool ideas of rewriting the first chapter and the 19th chapter. Same story, different character, the mortal hero, something Michael Moorcock. Remember that much, the eternal champion, close with the immortal hero, the immortal champion is on the nose. Start with the idea that the past two podcasts, so it's now past four podcasts, or past three, holding back information on the day Billy fell off the cliff, gave vague descriptions of the toast that called me out for cruelty. Sometimes forget that I sometimes forget and remember, then fall back aligned. I got to a perfect ending of the book. Perpetual orgasm was a cool one. Where Billy and Jessica go through this thing. They decide they like each other. They're in the darkness of self-reflection. Which is much like the lucid dream state where anything you imagine you can visualize and you can put yourself into the visualizations and you can act out things. And depending on how coherent you are in visualizations, you could feel much like dreams. I recently, last night, had a dream that was really cool. Probably a little fueled, chakra fueled, if you will. Um, <laughs> the whole dream was strange, but like there was just one part where I feel if I mention, I have to also mention the solution. 
if we ever start something and you're like, damn, I don't want to go this in depth with it. That's what these tweets are. Anyway, the dream was like, there was a person attempting to squat in the area that I was living. And I was trying to scare him away from squatting in my area. And like, eventually I scare him away. Uh, I'm getting text messages. Around seven thirty. Don't push me. And with the band, the band is so good. Yeah, thank you. The pressure Anyway, the scaring him away part is irrelevant, but like it's also relevant to why it escalated into the point that I'm trying to make. So like I scared them away by helping them. They had a problem with their van. Holy shit, this is connecting to real life shit. I didn't want it to. So they had a problem with their vehicle and scare them away and then I'm like here you forgot something go on your journey with this you know and then a few minutes later we're leaving the area that I live and I'm like wait a minute we didn't lock the door we didn't close the door at all actually the door is like open all the doors are open so I go back to close the door, and they're there again, these peoples. And I'm like, what the fuck? You just left. <laughs> so, like, I pull out a taser. And then he's like, okay, that's how you want to play. And he pulls out a taser. My dog's outside howling right now. Probably because of a, I'm going to say, a siren? Usually when he howls, it's because of some type of siren. Oh, I didn't hear a siren. He's just out there howling. Anyway, um, I pull out taser, dude pulls out taser. I tase, he tases. There's a moment where he's like, how aren't you feeling this? And I'm like, I am, I just don't care because I want you gone. And I wake up and my arm is numb. What was that relating to? Oh, we're talking about feeling things in the dream state. I wake up, my arm is numb because I was sleeping on it, cut the circulation. 
got that weird tingle feeling or whatever. The main point being in the dream state, in the imagination lucid state, you can feel and go through emotions and stuff. The solution to that problem was I should not have been attacking in the first place. Like, why not share the space? You know, why not help in the first place? However, I could, which they apparently wanted food and or to scavenge or some shit. I'm like, well, who was I protecting? I wasn't protecting anything. So yeah, that's the solution to the thing, but the main point being you can feel in these lucid states and you can experience things. And with Billy and Jessica did in the story, the, Billy, the Day Billy Fell Off the Cliff, which is the book I'm writing, The Day Billy Fell Off the Cliff, Billy and Jessica go into the dream state, also known as the darkness of self-reflection. And... They act out their fantasies to each other. I describe it in this tweet as Billy's relationship with Jessica bloomed into perpetual orgasm, also known as tantric sex. They are already in the astral world, though so tantric there is more of all your desires playing out simultaneously and instantaneously. More of a accessible bliss shared by them. So now they've got this bliss button. They've got the internal smile. These are keywords. <laughs> they've got the internal smile going on. And they're able to access it uh, instantaneously and simultaneously. And then I go on to misintuition, forming with Jessica's Mr. Intuition. Me becomes me, which is a now male-female version of me. And that process is not relevant to anything but the story, I guess. Uh, it really adds, uh, it adds hierarchy to the story. There will be red skeletons. I don't think I mentioned that. Red skeletons are different from the normal skeletons in the book. In the book, they're in the land of fire, which is located in the astral realm and the intuition. Uh, he's surrounded by his reincarnations. We're going to get to that a little later. But in the land of fire, there are three different beings that a human can turn into. Uh, from least to greatest being a skeleton, a flaming human, and then a flaming beast. And they're all respective as to comfortability. The flaming skeleton is the least comfortable in the flaming world. Everything burns uh, because in the flaming world the senses are a little mixed up. You feel you feel with your brain, whatever you think you feel, you feel, whatever you see, you hear, and whenever you talk, 
it's an internal dialogue and you you move with your emotions and your feelings so in this world skeletons emotional state is fear pain so fear and pain leads them to burn off all of their skin the flaming humans have less fear less pain they realize that the fire doesn't burn if they don't want it to so they're able to keep their skin and then the flaming beasts have like totally they just totally feel comfortable in the flaming world they're able to fly they're covered in hair and fire also you know but now there will be a fourth which is the flaming the red skeleton the flaming red skeleton and this guy is different because he has immortality so his feelings are flaming skeleton can feel everything still move it's like a step above flaming beast the red skeletons their skin burnt off due to inner passion and the immortality passion in, inner the inner smile burns their skin off <laughs> Instead of red skeletons, I should make them diamond or crystal skeletons. That would be more scientifically sound and wholesome. I think I will. I'll describe them as red skeletons, but the redness will be due to like a crystallization. Cool. That was just decided here and now. Also, if you are interested in reading The Day Billy Fell Off the Cliff, um, like a not edited version, um, it hasn't been proofread yet, hit me up somewhere on Twitter, BlackRocker, Instagram, Lord BlackRocker, get you one of those links. Or you can read behind the scenes book on a book on Twitter. Uh, Lord Blackrock, no, I mean Blackrocker, that's Twitter, no lords. Anyway, scrolling up, scrolling up. Ask the question, the warning code. That's a cool spot that Billy and the intuition got to that he passed on to another character named Lisa, who has also manifested her intuition, Lisa and Lee. Lisa and Lee see Billy and me have this interaction where me is like, ask the question. And Billy is like, oh shit, something's about to go wrong if I don't ask a question. So now Lisa and Lee have this thing, what do I call it? Call it reality, reality shaping. After reality shaping the future, Billy, me, and Jessica become way closer by forming me into me, male, female. Their togetherness is the main point of all this build-up, main point of referencing the Eternal Champion, which is Michael Moorcock's book. Uh, uh, 
Now we're into the YouTube videos. Montauk Chia, who does Qigong and a bunch of other Tao practices. I played the Cosmic Tree Healing. Damn, I thought this would go. You've helped people to open their microcosmic orbit. How do you do this? The first time when I saw my master, and um, my master said, you want a few chi? He said, yes. So he he put a finger on me, on the, on the navel, and tell me to focus on that. And I feel the energy. And I asked him, I, after that, I meditated a lot on that night, and on the second day, I feel the energy started moving. Okay. And he started to teach me more detail about the microcosmic orbit. And uh, when I get it, it's very easy now, okay? And uh, I have it, and I can have or to help the people to open it. So the first thing we, we will start to learn how to focus, and focus in the energy we call the original force. Original force means a basic energy that you bond with. And we grow with it, and when this original force finish, it means we finish. In the Bible, we sometimes we call... So a nice little thing on original force and feeling chi. Did the tree healing, uh, palm and finger training. That's pretty fucking cool. Let's see what is this one? This one's theory. So we get um, some theory now about the Tao practice. Um, the major part about the Tao practice is that uh, one of quite very old system and um, I think what they're recording now is way before any religious setup okay so it's a pure practice when they calm their mind down when they stay in the cave when the when the sun down you're nothing okay you just sit and calm yourself and uh, just feel the energy, that's all. Okay? Just feel From the energy, that's all. started to discover many ways of feeling this force. And the Daos give the name called, we cannot give a name, we call the Wu Chi, nothingness. We cannot give the name. So when they open their eyes, look to the sky, everything is nothing. When they close their eyes, turn inwardly, they feel something there. And uh, later on, when we have more people and we gather together, those people that discover the force, is set up a group. And uh, more people practicing it, so religion started to set up that way. Okay? So a lot of relig religions have different way of feeling the force. The, the DNA split and come together 
and creating a new sales. So we believe the whole team today, tomorrow, and next day, we're going to talk a lot of how to be, because uh, there are research that when we feel love, when we feel compassion, when, when we feel unconditional love, and we feel arousal orgasm, they're creating an eight hertz. And this eight hertz. hertz make the cells, make the cells. The eight hertz make the cell uh, started to, the DNA split and come together and creating a new cells. So we believe when you under love and the life essence, you will split in a very, very, uh, the cell will repeat, split in a very good way. And not a sick cells, not a bad cell. If we understand that this is good for you, not because you want to go to heaven, <laughs> you might do it more. <laughs> okay? Something good for you, not good for somebody. And we've been trained that we have to sacrifice even we have to die for other people. In the Taoism, we like to be have a life hero, but not a dead hero. Okay. <laughs> Usually we make a lot of money from the dead hero. You know? That's uh, some of the basic um, ideals, some of the basic theory of the Tao, also known as Tao. <laughs> Tao. Tao 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 the Tao Tao. Tao to Tao to Tao Tao to Tao. Tao to the Tao Tao to Tao to Tao. Katao. Katao. Katoom. So in that one, uh, he talked about eight hertz. Hertz is like a rotation or some shit. Fuck, I forgot what Hertz is. Is it a rotation of like energy or some shit? Anyway. Love, compassion, all the good feelings put you in an 8 Hertz frequency. And that frequency splits cells, DNA. It helps them replicate. And what he was saying is, with the love and compassion, you're replicating good cells. Therefore, you can like stay healthy if you use those forces. Um, let's see. That was the wisdom. I don't know if that was the wisdom one or not. It wasn't. This is the wisdom chikung. Greeting, I'm Mengkek Chia. I'd like to share you the Tao practice. We call the um, the Tao practice divine to many different practices. Start from the external, like qigong. Tai Chi, Singi, Pakwa, and the um, astrology, nutrition, and the uh, Feng Shui. 
and the um the direction in front of you and the direction you primordial force within you with calm the mind empty the mind down to the navel we call the antian the second brain and smile to your heart we call the consciousness mind is the second brain so we have three brains this practice we call lower the upper mind to the middle mind and to the lower mind and make three mind into one mind. That one's got a lot of music. <clears throat> He's talking about practices, practical practices of uh, visualizing spinning energies in your three minds which now I'm seeing a lot of Facebook things about like, oh, your gut is a different brain. Your small intestines is a second brain. But in the Tao, they're like, yeah, that's your second brain. Also, you got your heart, which is your third brain, and your actual brain, your first brain. <laughs> Those orders are probably backwards and in terms of how they're created and the order that they're created because apparently you spawn from your belly button out so i mean the first brain is probably your gut second the heart then the third the brain but that's irrelevant it's a basic samples those videos are like six to ten minutes each i'm only playing like a minute or two this one's sexual vitality montauk chia sample sexual vitality um happy to be here so um, we like to spend a uh, few hours with you talking something that is very important part of the, um, uh, we call sexual vitality qigong. So we're going to have two parts. One is sexual vitality and one is the multi-orgasm couple. Okay? Uh, sexual energy is very important part in our life. Okay. And um, um, so um, we're going to talk about the sexual energy because in the Taoism we regard them as uh, original force. Okay. It start from we are born. We start from one cells, one cells. Okay. One of the father, one of the mother, and come together. And this one cell started to split and make copy, okay? Copy and copy and copy. So from one cell to two, two to four, and to trillion cells. The whole problem is that we, after we make so many trillion cells and we're still using the old copy to make copy. So we get blur. So the Taoism always talking about what is the primordial force? What is the original force? So in this level of our body, the sexual energy is the original force, okay? Because from one copy, make to trillion copy, and from 
equivalent copy we make up to it depends how 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 we are now if you're 40 you multiply by 6.5 trillion you see how what the big number <laughs> the big number for that so if you make that kind of copy and copy and copy and copy the oldest copy we make the the, the latest copy we make we make we blur and the whole thing that we have is the copy that we make uh, if we have a lot of trauma uh, emotional and a negative emotional you're gonna make the next copy again and make copy and make copy just we always make copy from our young and we have the trauma with us until we really old okay so the Taoism said we have to go back to original copy and to take the original copy and make that copy again so it's a very important part and they discover that love and orgasm have the same pattern of energy. Okay. So the sexual energy. That was a, a cool clip. Sexual energy. A video called Montauk Cheetah Sample DVDs Sexual Vitality New Version 2008 2008 2008 <laughs> That one was important to me because one of the things Seven Bomar explained was the, the idea of using time travel to fix things, to go back into the past when there was the original and then take that original into the present. Which is exactly what Montai Chi had just explained of what our cells are copying. And this is a, one of those synchronistic things where truth, uh, it, it rings true throughout like a bunch of different mediums. So the idea of going back in the past and like my thing was I used that with racism. Yeah, go back in the past, figure out when racism started, you know, when somebody was like, oh, I'm better than this person. That's the start. We're not equal anymore. There's one person that's better. So, like, you go into that shit and you, you can see that we're all evil from there. And you can also, you could like, follow the, the riff follow the illness <laughs> and better map it out today but what he's explaining is like personal you take your original cells and you multiply the originals because those are the healthy ones before all the traumas he also gets to a point where he talks about deleting trauma also, one of the main things is getting over emotions before you can even, like, start practicing this type of shit. Especially the sexual shit. You have to get over a shitload of emotions and trauma for, like, a comfortability. Turn all those negatives into positives. This one is the sexual alchemy for couples. I think this one's more of a explanation on how to do things what is it called 
Oh shit, it's got music. There's a word that I need to figure out because I'm gonna have to use it a bunch. Practice, there's practices. I guess practice is the word. So this one's gonna be practices. Practical practices you can use. They have a book called Dress to Cue. Okay, so I mean that. And every day, after that, they discover and it's very big, you know. <laughs> so it's a very loose and big. So you shake your testicle loose. <laughs> For ladies, it's very important to shake your breast loose. Okay, and that is um. Ladies, sometimes they use a very tight clothes and um, and and cut off the flow of the flow, lymphatic flow in the breast, and that they discover that is a major. We call they they have a book called dress that you're rolling, they're coming down to the sexual organ, so you're looking down, navel, ovary, and um, uterus and ovary. Now, first thing, we're going to be, we're going to spinning the wheel, turning the wheel. So, your eye looking down, rolling back, looking up, looking down, looking back, looking back, and looking up. So this is the first wheel turning, the eye. Okay, turning the first wheel, eye rolling. Now, you think that you're rolling and coming down to the sexual organ. So you're looking down, rolling up. So the testicles are up and down and think it's rolling. Lady, the ori, up, back, up, and down. So feel your ori are turning and spinning. Feel your ovary are turning and spinning. So connecting with the breathing. Down. Inhale. And exhale. <laughs> and I was rubbing his butt. Now, touch your sacrum. Sacrum. From the sacrum, you feel a line of energy connect from the sacrum down to the gland penis. To the gland penis. And to the Christoris. And you spiral on the clitoris and the gland penis. From there, come down. When you feel some feeling on there, bring the energy down to the testicle. Bring the energy down to the testicle and the ori. And you're turning. Inhale, up, eye, down. Up, down, up, and down, spinning and spiral in the perineum, and back to the sacrum again, and rub your sacrum warm again. 
Rub your sacrum warm again. And start another cycle. Gland penis, clitoris. Breathing, feeling it. And spiral spinning on the gland penis and the clitoris. From there, feel the energy. Up. <laughs> Don't push me. Yep, so that's practices. Uh, main point a lot of it's uh, spinning energies, uh, rotating energies. There are videos that I liked recently that explain it further of forming the energy because energy has no form, much like the soul and spirit have no form, but you can form them. If you think like water and gas and plasma, if you put like a bubble around it or a pearl, they call it, you can have it in condense into the ball. And there you can store energy and you can uh, store it and build it and you can move it around. You can do things with it. So the idea is uh, getting to a point of letting go of emotions and all these trauma blocks to where you can hear that sort of practice. Like he's in a group setting probably at least 20 people standing around talking about shake your testicles and your breasts. And like, it sounds like some perverted shit. Like if it, if it wasn't coming from Montauk Chia, it'd be some weird shit. Where it's like, okay. What's the, you know, what's he getting from this? Um, tweeters. Going through so many videos, I'm not going to stop and practice. This is day two of Universal Tao Healing, healing, healing or studying under Montauk Chia or watching Montauk Chia free YouTube videos. This is October 30th. We've progressed two or three days. This is documentation. Each video I like, I'm able to come back to and study later. Also, don't forget to mention Smile to the Organs, which I did mention. Just tried the crane, ended up knocking over something. I'm not sharing this video because I don't want to. Also, Montauk Chia's great production value. The six healing sounds. The six healing sounds are pretty legitimate. And there was a video I recently liked that explained this.
That's the intro to the video. Alright, please get to it. Goddamn. Got a minute. Let's do intro. the six out together. Lung sound. Lung sound first. Smile to your lung. Inhale. Kidneys are next. Liver sound. Liver sounds next. The heart sound next. Hell. And exhale. And, and the spleen pancake sound. Spleen and pancreas. Smile to the spleen pancreas. Inhale. Exhale. And triple one more side. Inhale. Triple warmer. And exhale. Those were the six healing sounds. Possibly seven, but it didn't count. In the video I liked recently, he explained that separation helps with uh, when you're trying to pinpoint certain emotions, when you're trying to pinpoint certain illnesses, to have the six healing sounds where you're inhaling, you're smiling to the specific organ, you're working on them specifically separated. Also, separation, practicing separation is a something he also calls practicing death which we will get to soon got him direct info on the six sounds i smiled to this youtube channel and the effort taken thank you
had a conversation that I never want to bring up, but should be brought up at some point about the consumption of media, and I'm being divisive about it instead of inclusive, and I see how, and I see that now, which is why I'm happy to not have gone in detail about it. Another problem solved. Hashtag you. That was uh, I was outside of a comedy show, and talking to comedians about podcasts and how they consume media. And the comic mentioned that they consume media backwards. So like if they find a new podcast that they enjoy, they'll listen to the newest episode available and then go back one episode to the latest, you know, the latest that they haven't heard and then go through the catalog backwards and like that had totally blown my mind. I was like, holy shit. Like I thought you go from episode one up, you know? Like at some point you'll you'll be listening backwards and then a new podcast will come out. So do you still go back in the past or do you go forward or like at that point you're it would be hard for me personally to keep up with where I'm at and where I wanna be at, you know. Also, me personally, I like to study shit. So I'll go from the beginning and I'll be like, okay, they started here. I might listen to the latest episode and be like, okay, I like this shit. I like where it goes. So let's see how they get there. And I'll go through the whole journey until I get to the one I've already listened to. And then I'll skip that when I go to the news. You know what I'm saying? Like just go from down up. But also apparently people listen from the latest backwards and if you listen to this podcast or if you're listening to this podcast backwards you'll eventually hear me say listen to the first ones first go in order don't be crazy (laughs) that's always been the standing with this podcast this is a documentation Uh, time has a lot to do with it and I mean the newest ones are then me and the in the present or whatever, whatever the present means to you, you know, this is fucking time travel all the time. It's always been. Anyway, do your thing, but listen from the first episode. Stick with it, you know. It gets here, so it's got to be something in the beginning. Well, go listen to me tweet celebrities and shit. Alright, this is a YouTube video of the Tao Yin practice. This is a practice. I'm not going to play that one. Healing Love Course. Free Course, Tool of Nine. And you 
real. It's not imagination. Okay? So you contract the prostate gland and the uterus. At the same time, you contract right in the center of the brain here. And you're opening the pineal gland. The crowd, boom. And opening your third eye. Oh, that's fucking Sexual weird. energy is the fastest to open with all the other center. Okay? So we're going to do the uterus and um, prostate gland contraction. Okay? Let's do two. There are two. There are always. There are two ways of breathing. So some people say no, inhale and contract. Some people say no, exhale and contract. Okay? And I learn both. And what I do, I do both. <laughs> okay. Because they always have different kind of theory. Okay. Simple. Now Very let's simple. try inhale. Too simple. Contracting and releasing. Exhale. Inhale contracting. And you do it about thirty six times is good. And you rest and you smile. And you start it to to smile, sunshine to it, and you spiraling it and let the chi come up to the brain. Okay? And it's always connection. So inhale. Inhale, contracting. Very gentle and feel your brain also contracting. Your eye lightly contract. And exhale. Inhale, contracting. Exhale. Inhale, contracting. Back to your sexual energy. Work on your sexual energy. Testicle orient breathing. Now when you feel a lot, we very gentle contract the perineum anus and draw the draw up to your coccyx and the sacrum. And back to your sexual organ again. And do the testicle orient breathing again. Feel a lot of energy. Do up. And inhale, contract, pull up to your door of life and point to your tantian. Door of life, the tantian. And back down again. It's the gut. Tesco orient breathing. Inhale, pull up to the seat, to the T11 and pour into your solar plexus. It's the heart area. Sparrow a few times. Again, start again for the perineum. Breathing. Sexual energy breathing. Feel the sexual energy come up. Inhale, pull up to the heart and pull into the heart. Feel the sexual energy, light water, cool down the heart and give more fuels to the heart to burn. Again, Tesco Orient breathing. And draw. Oh, All right. Accidentally pressed something else. Anyway, that was that. That was a practice. Oh, now we got an interview. Oh, the interview is fucking good. Interview is really long, but I only liked part two.
which means something is said in part two that relates to whatever. So in, in, inside everybody, you have a physical body, and you have energy in chi, and you have a soul and spirit. So the soul and spirit and chi is immaterial. So we have to be, but we have a big physical, so we have to learn how to transform the physical, the material into immaterial, so that chi can feed the soul and the spirit, and the spirit can grow turn physics into metaphysics and it'll grow your spirit. And that is the next purpose of the, 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 the Qigong practice. Right. So the next purpose of Qigong practice is to grow uh, the spirit or to grow the immortal one. Right. Because in the Tao we that everybody, when we are in a really infant form, uh, when we, when we are, no matter how old you are or how heavy you are or how how, how big you are, we are just uh, the soul and spirit, if you don't activate them, or you don't grow them, they're like a baby or like a child. So they never grow up and we need people to take care of it. So that's why, like we have, to, like shepherd, a shepherd have to take care of the, of the sheep, because we are a baby. We don't grow up, so we need somebody to take care of us, you know. In a dozen now, you have to feed your soul and spirit so you can grow up. Right. Yep. And as you begin growing up, yes. hopefully your beliefs and your perspectives on life change too. Don't yes. Because you started to enter another realm of uh, when you we call born again process. So you when, be when you again. the first thing when you do qigong uh, and all the the practice is condensed the qi in the dantian and when you condense enough Consent you, you use the, the soul and spirit to reunite with the qi and you use the your soul and spirit as a team we call sun sun means a team of soul and spirit and you move them down to the sexual organ and you spiral them to let the sun let the soul and spirit team we call them to, to reunite with the Jing Qi, mean the sexual energy. It's the most important energy that we have because it's the most powerful energy that's creating us and is the, is, the, is the baby formula to feed the soul and the spirit. So, since you're mentioning the uh, sexual energy, as far as I know, the sexual practices of play a certain role in your uh, teaching. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, because in the Tao said, um, they, t they talk about two things. The primordial, or we call the creator, hold the whole universe pattern, the DNA. Okay? They hold the uni whole universe, universe pattern. Now, in our body, the creator is the sexual energy. The, the sexual, the sperm and egg come together, it creating us. So the sexual energy is the one that creating us from one cell into two cell to four cell to eight cell to sixteen to trillion cell, and we can have up to fifty to one hundred trillion cell in our body, and that's only all come from one complete cells of the sex cells. The cycle. So, when we continue producing energy, if we don't want children, 
the sexual energy is the most powerful energy because the body has to when people when we make love the body think oh you're going to have another offspring so the whole body willing to sacrifice in order to give the this most precious energy into the sexual energy to creating another offspring okay and um so that is what the whole important part about the sexual energy because the sexual energy is the creating power it can heal anything it can creating anything and we call a commander in chief because it command everything it, it, it's a it, it's an cell and split into sex cell split into embryo cell split into stem cell and creating everything and so when we engage in the, the sexual practices as part of our Qigong practice, what yes. does it look like? Um, the, the, uh, can, you, can you repeat again? What, what kind of uh, sexual practices uh, are involved in the practice of Qigong or uh, inner alchemy? Okay, the, um, the sexual alchemy is uh, very simple. It's a platform, a very simple that um, sexual organ is material. When something makes you feel arousal or orgasm, it's an immaterial. And that is the beginning of the very simple alchemy, alchemy. practice already. Okay? Material to now, immaterial. Now, when you change from arousal into orgasm, if you don't know how to combine this sexual alchemy, this sexual energy will go out. And it's gone. That's it. Okay? So that means they either gathering this force and harvest it and combine with another force we call a love, a loving alchemy that it comes from the heart. So the heart, like the heart, when you, when you, uh, the heart is physical, when you have no more energy and we cannot transform anything, so the Qigong practice, the first thing you have to hook up with when you feel the joy of happiness of you feel more energy inside you and you stop using drugs, you stop. People that come to me, they stop smoking, they stop drinking, they stop, uh, they stop coffee and they, uh, they stop drugs. Because when they start to feel another force and when they use this drug, drugs, they, they lose life force. Alright, that was a cool thing about uh, sexual energy. Uh, he said everything again. The interview is really cool. Oh shit, I liked another video of it. Part 5. I played too much of part 2 thinking that was the only part I'd play. Oh, we have another tweet that says the signs are saying to become the pathfinder, the passenger, become fed up. The signs are telling me to be Rick. Hashtag the day Billy fell off the cliff. Hashtag behind the scenes book on a book. Hashtag life is strange. That's a commentary on live it before you write it. Uh, that my book is a scientific exploration. And I'm writing a new character and I have to get into his mind state, mindset.
which uh, in his, in the day Billy fell off the cliff, his internal book, his uh, yeah Rick's internal book was called the Pathfinder, and he was a very meticulous person who found like he found everything you can do in the land of fire minus internal work he found every external path he was like oh well you can consume people i'll consume people oh you can learn from the people you consumed i'll learn from them oh so you can fly around as a flaming monster i'll do that oh you can create lightning by releasing the consumed people and then at a certain point he figures out that creating lightning is just a religion and it's not a path so the pathfinder becomes the passenger who just waits until Billy comes around with his internal work and creates new opportunities and the passenger pretty much goes back into the pathfinder and they're interchangeable Pathfinder and Passenger, depending on if he's doing his own inner work or not. And a new story of the story of Rick. Uh, it starts off where I rewrite the first chapter and the 19th chapter with a different character, meaning very basic structure. I'm like, uh, one day there was a guy named Billy, and Billy asked the question, why? Wait, what, what was Billy think? Billy got bored. One day, Billy got bored. Billy got bored with school. He got bored with his relationship. He got bored with his family. He even got bored with his dog, Scruff. At the ripe age of 20, Billy came to realize what he was working towards didn't matter. Right? That's the first chapter. You know, like the first paragraph of the first chapter. My internet's going slow. What's going on? Alright, we're almost there to the point I want to read of the story. Alright, I read the one day part of Billy. And in chapter 19, I said earlier... There's a lot of explanation before I get to the actual start of the, the chapter. Yep, chapter 19. It has to start with a voice from outside because you, we're doing some new shit, you know. Alright, one day Rick got fed up. Rick was fed up with his small apartment. He was fed up with the rat infestation. He was fed up with his neighborhood in Queens. At a young age of 15, Rick came to realize that what people worked for didn't matter. So it's the same story with a different character. Instead of boredom, Rick got fed up. You know, and that's the, the reference I was making. I'm like, the signs are saying to become the pathfinder, the passenger, become fed up. Because I have to live it in order to write it successfully. That was a very in-depth explanation of one tweet. <laughs> but 
one tweet in the book I'm writing. All right, now we're going into part five of that same interview. My new book, Shia, in the Los Angeles also, is the new, the emotional freedom. There's oh, a new this book is talking about how you can really free your own emotional. You have to free your emotions before you can and, progress. Uh, in, the, in the summer, in the spring, I will be in the state. So we will be, and this year we will have, not the first time we have a lecture with Bruce Litton together. So he teaches about energy and it teaches about how people to feel energy. Bruce Lipton in, I think we will be in Santa Cruz. Uh, who are you doing it with? Uh, Bruce Lipton. Bruce Lipton. Okay. Yes. Um, I would like to find out more about your retreat there. I'm sure our listeners would also love to know about it. Uh, you have a big retreat center in Thailand. Anything. And you eat in the dark, and the people serve the food to you. And if you not, you know, the dark uh, room. Um, chi, okay, and uh, and you can go to the cave. Because go to the not cave. Eating, uh, you're not eating. You're not shit. You're not, and you're not sleep. So you can go to the cave. No. So um, for normal people to and uh, to to really understand the dark room, you go to the cave. You cannot do that. So that's why I built up a five star. A dark room practice here. It's the biggest in the world. Nobody did that for, like me. <laughs> it's a five-star dark room practice. You stay in a good room and you have bad room. You don't see the bad room and you don't see anything. And you eat in the dark and the people serve the food to you. And if you're not, you know, people are so afraid of darkness and cold. And that's why they go to dark room and like you are, you're being punishment. But when you <laughs> understand, you, when you go into the darkness enough, you see light. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you light on the other panel. Yeah. So you start seeing your inner light instead of yeah. looking for light outside. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, would you tell us a little bit about the meditation practices that you teach? Um, meditation? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We start with the, the, the first meditation. We, we have two, med- two kinds of meditation. One is called uh, active meditation. That is energy build up. And passive meditation is feeling the force and the creator. So the active in the first level of meditation we call microcosmic. So inner smile and microcosmic and sitting sound. So you're sitting there, smiling to all the organs and the color and the emotional and grow the good virtue. And the second uh, meditation is half meditation, half movement we call sitting sound. So you smile to your heart and you start to feel uh, any hatred, any negative, you delete them. And after that, when you delete them, you grow the love, joy, happiness. And you go to the next organ. So we, we divide it into a sequence of five elements or uh, organs. So, and after that, we start to activate the Dantian practice is the energy, we call opening the orbit, awakening the healing energy to the primordial. Right. And we have the lesser or uh, creating an uh, immortal body that is in the dark room practice. So the can and lee mean water and fire. So if you put the water, n- normally if you get the water pour on the fire, it's gone. But if you, if you get the water, in a proper way and the fire in a proper way and like stove. 
and you boil them together, you get steam for tea. So that is the first creation of the of the kindly water and fire. And that's what the Bible also says, if you want to be born again, you must born through the water and fire. But how to practice? No, nothing in, in there. But the Taoism is one of the oldest practice together with India. These are two very old practice that preserve. I mean, you have, we have the, you have the India, Tibet, and China. This all three is very preserved and continue passing on until now, you know. In the, in the West, they burn all the witches and you don't have, you don't have much left anything, you know. <laughs> they in burn China, all the witches. The Taoism is also called witches, you know. Because they're the one they call the magic and the alchemist and everything. Right. In Europe, they burned I, all the witches. Um, <laughs> begin to understand a little bit better um, the systematic approach that you um, put uh, the different meditation practices in in a certain sequence. So, uh, when I studied with my master, um, uh, he taught me seven formula, and um, and when I teach him, now I improve and add up to nine. His master taught him seven formulas, but now he's on to nine. Formulas for chi. Get your chi, dog. All right, these are darkroom testimonials. This is a six minute video where a lady explains her experience. Mary Bourne, and uh, I live in uh, San Francisco in California. I've just completed the one week darkroom retreat, and so starting uh, first of all with uh, energy fasting, I thought that was really uh, appropriate for the amount of movement we were having and also uh, the type of practices we were doing. And it did uh, activate, I'm not quite sure what was happening, whether the Pigu pill was uh, a little too heating for me. But actually, it, was, it turned out fine. The, on the Monday night, I developed uh, a very intense headache. It was an interesting combination of the energy pills and the practices and uh, I felt really able to work with it. I developed this very intense headache, and as I stayed with it, then I started to really become aware of the intense constriction around my eyes and uh, around my entire head. As I started to relax with that, with the practices, it actually started to feel good, and the heat, uh, seemed to really help uh, with the steaming and uh, so uh, I, I didn't feel hungry at all in fact after a couple of days um, they seemed like really huge meals and uh, I already basically have a kind of half pigu diet and um, I, I enjoyed the pigu very much 
Yeah, I feel in a positive way empty in my body, uh, a positive emptiness in my body. So in terms of the light, I think uh, generally there were three spaces that I was kind of moving in and out of. The, the first was a feeling like as though I was floating in a in a lotus land and um, just really exquisite watery uh, state uh, and and also feeling like being underwater so I was deep sea diving and uh, in both those states was also filled with a lot of light it, it was a state a very very fluid lovely space and the second space was uh, feeling actually as though I was inside the crystal cave in my head. In fact, a lot of the time I felt like I was sitting in an actual cave in my head and it was full of light and glowing and then every now and then it would, it would sort of go out and then it, it was as though it would come through a hole and then I had, on the third day in the morning, um, Master Chia uh, brought the, after the water wheel, Master Chia brought the uh, pearl into the Dantian, and then we uh, gathered it with the other energies, and uh, slowly moved it up to the heart and uh, then there was an explosion of light which we then moved up into the third eye and into the cave and then my entire head just melted and exploded and everything uh, became light and uh, I think after that there was a very uh, powerful shift in my overall space in terms of visions um i think those what i've described is the visions i was seeing i had an experience of master chia was very beautiful and very powerful to have him guide the meditations and really grateful for his emanation and his capacity I felt like there was a, a semicircular um, wall behind him and uh, it rose up really high and golden, glowing golden light. And I couldn't quite see what was on the wall, but um, it was as though there were sort of squares and in them were maybe sculptures or some sort of sacred shapes and uh, he was uh, sitting in that throne. So many beautiful, beautiful visions uh, just uh, for myself, uh, just to connect with this deep state of inner beauty and um, just to feel that uh, deep state of beauty and then uh, now coming out into Dal Garden, uh, this really exquisite place and uh, uh, we feel so well taken care of 
and uh, so beautifully brought out and brought in and uh, cared for. So I want to say that too. So this is important to me uh, because as you podcast listeners may know, especially if you've gotten this deep in the podcast, you probably already understand the darkness of self-reflection is something that I'm writing about in the book, The Day Billy Fell Off the Cliff. I even mentioned it earlier today, talking about how you can feel in the darkness of self-reflection, talking about how that relates to dreams, talking about how that relates to lucid dream state. This, the dark room, is a literal darkness of self-reflection. You stay in, a, in pitch black for a week. Six days. From six days to three weeks. In the dark. With Montauk Chia doing his exercises. Talking about move your energy from this way to that way. Smile to your organs. So he's giving you all of these prompts. And eventually, you'll be able to be in the darkness of self-reflection where you'll be able to visualize your thinking. And it's really interesting to to listen to these testimonials of people in the darkroom who are manifesting their, their thoughts. And it's interesting to see how they go about it, like how they understand it you know how they rationalize what happened to them a lot of them are like yeah i knew it was gonna happen it really helped with my lucid dreams it did this it did that i could skip through a bunch of these but really it's just the it's mainly the akinness to the darkness of self-reflection and also akin this to DMT. And you can move much quicker, much easier, unimpeded by the, the food in our body. So many of the organs are hollow tubes that just transfer, you know, the six uh, young organs, bladder, uh, small intestine, this large intestine. They're really hollow tubes that just move our food, right? So when the stomach and everything is not so full of this food, I notice the energy can move much better. Right. So, without this dark room training and the dark room retreat, it's difficult to get into state where you're bringing in this energy. When you get into the dark room, you decrease your food. First of all, you have a lot more time. You didn't realize yet. You don't realize how much time is consumed eating. So, we decrease our food. The dark room, your senses, everything becomes much more clear. The meditation becomes much clearer. Everything functions better. And this is important when we start bringing in the inner, uh, inner uh, alchemy from the stars in heaven, right? When I haven't practiced this in the dark room retreat before, I have a hard time connecting with the uh, stars, the pulse of the body, and all these uh, external factors that are, are also uh, part of the meditation, right? So, what I feel is when we 
bringing in this energy from the stars, from the earth, from inverting our energy and, and drawing all this energy in, you're actually to the point where you're eating, it feels like you're eating energy, right? So you don't have the hunger you would think you do. And in my opinion, that's also part of the way we do the breathing. You know, we, we breathe out so much and we're bringing in the energy and, and holding the stomach uh, compressed, right? And it's bringing the energy at the same time, right? Uh, I like to call it yin breathing. When we hold the stomach empty of breath, everything comes in. So, in my opinion, the Pico diet help, Pico helps a lot to be able to breathe. This guy is Harold uh, Roder. It's just for me a very helpful means to come closer to my inner self and find out a lot of things uh, concerning my soul and spirit. Uh, this time for me it was a very new experience about this Pico energy fasting. Uh, I was very excited about that when I came here I, and after the first week in the second and third week I felt also able to reduce a bit of the food so I was not even forced to eat everything we were served in. Uh, I felt uh, lighter, uh, very easy. My sleep reduced uh, from normally 6.5 hours to 4 to 4.5 hours a night. Uh, what was very helpful so I could uh, have some meditations and uh, have time for uh, inner research. Uh, after all, I would say I would feel better and more healthy, well, whereas I cannot say exactly what point recovered. So it's just fine. Uh, I've seen the light once more, so as I did uh, the years before too. And several kinds of light from uh, dark red light to violet light, also golden and yellow light. Uh, some in the corner of the eyes, some in the front, uh, some all around, it's changed. There were also sometimes where there's no light to see. Uh, I've seen visions, yes, visions of several kinds, mostly statues or things built out of light. Uh, yeah, some even persons and very important for me was also again the dream practice. So you have a, it's very easy to have lucid dreams, conscious dreams during this uh, uh, state in the dark room. What I want to add is uh, that the dark room, if I stay there for a while, it helps me to experience uh, inner peace and calmness together with uh, inner peace and calmness together with a experience of pleasure and bliss which is very comfortable and always uh, attracts me to go there and to go deeper. So it's not uh, that uh, I could say a darkroom experience is something you have to go through and it's some work or something heavy, something inconvenient. Yes, some... Um, I live in Telluride, Colorado and uh, I'm in an finance and investments. This is uh, my second time to the Tao Garden and this time I 
completed the Fusion 1, 2, and 3 in one week of the darkroom. I would say my experience uh, in the darkroom was still, be, I'm still processing it, but I, I would say <laughs> that uh, it was very, uh, very smooth for me um, up until the end. Um, and I bumped my head <laughs> Thursday night and uh, got a little disoriented and a little bit outside of my body, which, which affected the practice for me at the end. But um, <laughs> the Piku energy uh, fasting was very, uh, seemed like my, behind my retinas, behind my eyes, illuminating, illuminating the space in front of my body. Uh, or it seemed to be doing that and um, I could open my mouth and sometimes light would come down um, red light would come down from any direction and I could um, it would enter my forehead or into my mouth um, and create this really warm and energetic feeling and Master Chia did guide us in how to utilize that energy um, and marry the light which which was a, a step in the process of the first week that we all learned um, uh, which was very powerful for me um, by putting the light into the cauldron. The lights on Wednesday uh, were very intense, uh, so we started Sunday night. By Wednesday, I was I was fully immersed in the process. I can't say, you know, I thought I, there was some, I would say, not hallucin I hate to use the term, I hesitate to use the term hallucination, but um, there are there is a difference between visions and hallucinations um, and lights. Um, so I gotta be careful, but I, I would say that I had visions as well, which were not brought on by my own mind. They were just, they just, um, they, they just developed in front of me without any, any thought pattern on it at all. Real was also talking, um, and it looked as if it was almost Romanesque um, in, in its appearance, but in any, any event, um, I didn't realize it wasn't Master Chi until the head actually started to grow and shrink and grow and shrink, and I realized uh, this is I'm having a vision or something else. And uh, so I assumed that if I'd stayed for the full three weeks, that uh, that I would have dialed in my visions, um, been more clear with them. Um, this is Angela Dinu. I'm not to say her name. This is uh, Angela Dinu from Romania. Uh, I am uh, an economist. I work for a large corporation called Cargill. And also, I want to say that uh, one of the most revigorating experiences, it was coming from Pigu. Pigu, for me, gave me another dimension of fasting. As a, uh, one of the most uh, amazing that I recall, it was touching the light. It was the most amazing touch I ever experienced in my life. And I really, really take it with me and uh, in my heart. I don't know if I couple so much with that, but I think it's with me. <laughs> I also had um, one vision, which was uh, coming with a green gate. I didn't dare to go on that gate. I think it was a gate because uh, it came like a, uh, like, um, like a gate with um, uh, some um, special netting, green netting moving around. And I was so astonished that I couldn't move. And then it was vanishing. And this was like, wow, like a Star Trek for me, absolutely. Um, 
I like also the practicing. I think they really help me a lot on the uh, on controlling my mind, not con controlling my mind actually, and that is an interesting term. And I want to, and in the end, I want to thank to you and to thank to your wonderful staff. They are always very close and very, very. Uh, This next video is Healing Meditations of Inner Smile in Asheville. It's nine minutes, I'm gonna skip around a little bit. But those are the darkroom testimonials so far. Those from like 2011. And the DMT experience is a shortcut into that. It's not the same. But if you do do pharmawaska or ayahuasca, it will lead you to the lucid dream state. Normal DMT is more like the lights and the, the green gate. like those experiences. How to quickly feel chi, inner smile. Theory. Inner smile. One of the inner smile. In the Taoism, we said, um, we talk about sun. Mean a group of soul and spirit come together, forming a team, and we call sun. So we have one higher sun in the brain, and one original spirit store in the heart. Okay. And one, so we call, when these two combine together, we call a supreme commander. It's a commander, okay? We command everything. Now, the second in command, we call the hunso in the liver, the second command. And third in command, we call intention spirit. The intention spirit store in the spleen, spleen and stomach. And the personal store in the lungs, okay? And the willpower spirit store in the kidney. So, so in the top, we said, our body is the temple of God, what? <laughs> God, right? In the Tao said, our organs is the palace of our soul and the spirit. Because this spirit is the same spirit. God is spirit. So first thing, you have your own spirit inside you. And they have to have a place to stay. So when uh, soul is really coming in, when the people cannot calm their soul and they calm their spirit, and the soul spirit don't like to stay inside them. So that when the soul spirit always want to get out, and the person cannot calm. So they always want to get out. They want to go out and hang on the street until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because their soul and spirit don't want to stay inside the body. So the first thing you calm the soul and the spirit, and that is beginning with the inner smile. 
and you smile into each organ and you grow the good virtue. So the second part is you make the soul and spirit willing to stay inside you. And that's how, what, how you do that. If in a family and you have many children and you better have a team spirit, you better have, you put all your soul into your job, right? So how are you going to do that? It's a practice. This is a very important practice in the Tao. The first thing you, if you can focus your mind, your eye, your heart, your soul, spirit together, boom. And you start to focus and you lower them down to your Tantian. Tantian like a center, a center control. When you lower it down and you start to spiral and start to feel you're getting the chi, you're getting the chi. If your mind, if your mind one way, your eye one way, your heart one way, your soul spirit another way, what you get? Disaster. And that's what, <laughs> and that's what we humans make mistakes. <laughs> humans make mistakes. Nowadays, disaster, I tell you. No matter It's a simple, simple practice, simple theory simple theory on how to uh, yo, 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 do the inner alchemy, yo. <laughs> Smile to the organs. This is inner alchemy theory two. <laughs> oh, another thing, the calmness. Calmness might be a reason I don't reach OBE experiences all that often. OBE would be out-of-body experience. What I just said is calmness is a reason why I don't reach out-of-body experiences experiences all that often. <laughs> I think maybe if I was less calm, I would probably be more susceptible to vaped DMT instead of just being in a cool meditative state. And usually when I smoke DMT I don't I don't close my eyes and meditate because I've gotten to the point once where sensory overload I've only gotten to sensory overload once to where it did not matter if I wanted to keep my eyes open or not. <laughs> I was in the Rainbow Serpent. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? The Rainbow you know, Serpent. If you try to kill the negative, then you fight back. Oh, this is good. Harder than ever. Because you say, I'm going to kill you. So what are you going to do? I have to survive. I have to be fight. I have to survive. So I have to kill you. I have to fight. But you said. That was the solution of my dreams. Or he's coming to the solution of my dreams. That was the problem in the dream. Where I was trying to get that squatter out of there. And I went at him with a weapon. And he came at me with the same weapon. And it fucking negated itself. The solution. Hey. I want to be. I give you the room. You give me the room. And we stay together. 
I give you the room, we give you the stay wow. together. It made so much Cole fucking synchronistic sense. God damn it. Coexisting together. Okay. So, and we know that negative emotional cause sickness. And Western doctors know that already. Okay. And so the whole thing is that how can we transform negative to positive? And we have... Um, very concrete practice we call inner smile and the six healing sound six healing sound is very powerful because you learn a tool to deal with it learn a tool to deal with so um it's not just ask god forgiveness <laughs> but you work with it yourself you observe your emotional you smile, and you dissolve it, and you transform it, and you change it. You get angry. If you recognize you're angry, smile, and change it. Material to immaterial. Transforming negative to positive. And you learn a very concrete way to do it. Okay. And we also, we emphasize the uh, recycling the emotional and transforming the sexual energy so the um, transform sexual energy is a very important part in the Tao practice there is a material into immaterial okay so before we go we are in the Tao very concerned about there are forces in the universe there are forces <clears throat> And now we yes. now the Western doctor discovered that we have we have the um, dark matter, dark matter, dark energy, and filled with the whole universe. And it, and the suspicion that this dark matter and dark energy Passes no polarity, which the Tao call pure yin and pure yang. And this pure yin and pure yang no polarity, not yet polarity. Until they are banging together very hard, boom, and then we call Big Bang Theory. And they try to prove it now that the Big Bang Theory creating us. So this Big Bang Theory bang and creating a trillion star, all the living thing, including us. So these forces in the Tao called Supreme Creator and Primordial Force. The two forces, when come together, it creation. So the whole Tao practice is we're always connecting with this force. And this force, you can give them any name you want. So the Tao said, we cannot give this, this force a name. Because it's the force creating everything. How can you give them a name? Because there's no name. So we call the, the creating force, or we can call them God, or Wu Qi or anything that we want to call. There are forces creating the universe. There are forces... I don't remember what this video is, but that video is cool. Synchronistic is the fuck. <laughs> the inner smile is what transforms things. I recently did a video. I recently did a Facebook, Instagram story about MAOI inhibitors I took a picture of the MAOI inhibitor and I was like every time I see this I get nauseous 
my stomach turns. I'm like, holy shit, not this again. <laughs> holy shit, not further exploration into the unknown. I'm not ready. <laughs> and like the fear, the fear of the MAOI inhibitor comes from the fear of success fear of what to do next you know if you accomplish your goal what would next you know like fuck but the inner smile cancels that because also the MAOI inhibitor is like even by itself it puts you in this very calm meditative state like even without the other part that in-depth snow comes after MAOI inhibitor the Acacia, Confucia, Rue Cappy, or whatever. I lost my train of thought because I was checking Facebook updates. Oh yeah, I was making the story, Instagram story. Like it's a, a perpetuating, self-perpetuating fear that the shit causes success saying so you have like a fear of success and you're like oh no I'm gonna succeed this is gonna help me succeed <laughs> so I fear it inner smile trumps that shit Next video is called Tile Congress 2010 interview Raven Cohen. I'm not sure what she's going to talk about. Probably just. Um, maybe just talk about the tile garden. Oof. Oh, and he had this 20 page pamphlet. Uh -huh. And I had just taken the other course. And I went, holy cow, this stuff is deep. And I want to learn it. And I said to Montauchia, please put me on your mailing list. <laughs> and he didn't have enough help. So he couldn't make all the calls that he probably got. So he didn't. But I saw the same ad that presented Don on and I because Don on was an artist, he had a beautiful ad he drew. And I went to Montauchia's workshop one day before I had just seen the ad, and I went to Matakchia, I said, why didn't you call me? <laughs> and now I know, Matakchia always does so many things at once, I don't know, he's like a juggler. He has 20 balls in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so, now you're still in the system, can you tell us a little bit how, did, what benefits did you receive out of the university Dow practice? Right away. In the first three months, I got rid of my childhood allergies. They just disappeared. Every day I used to wake up from near, near teenager, before teenager. This video is called Theory. We're going back into the theory of the Tao. Let's get into theory, baby. Sum up reprogramming to the DNA. One theory DNA. 
this one is the sum up for the reprogramming the DNA and returning it to your source. This is the so time travel. Reprogramming your DNA in one week. Three major parts of practice. So the first part is we want to be empty, relaxed, and just, and we're going to do the style. And the second part we want connecting to the supreme creator. And uh, and the third part our own original force. And all of them is in the original DNA and uh, in the original programming. It's just like when we make a big mess in some program and they give us a choice, you want to set up to a factory setting. <laughs> so, factory I setting. Know, I just, oh my god, I don't know what I put now. Default. I don't know what so I go there and press the button and they say, okay, go back to the original factory setting. And that is go back to working. Okay. So the whole thing is this. Cleaning is so important. So we're going to start with signaling sound, the signal sound involved with deleting the program and let go the negative energy. And we end up with letting go more the triple sound and we're gonna and we're gonna start with green light, blue light to clean up. And when you practice well enough you can go in very similar piece because it's very similar. Your mind power. You think and let it happen. Very important part is trust and believe. Visualize turn to actualization when you think and let it happen. Okay. Humble, you always receive the force. Okay. And in the Tao ways, we don't set them as a statue or religions, but we set them as the power and the force that we can feel. So we're going to give them a name. That's theory. Think about it, allow it to happen, you know, you know, you know. Got some more tweets, written out tweets, talking about bubbling, talking about the thought to finish from four days ago. Could probably type the book. It's the story. Which books to write? Two different stories, one about the other. Good song it's playing, it's playing on the phone though. A lot of this story stagnation comes from a lot of things, relevant points trying to surface to get me away from the goal. I made a goddamn contract. I will type this book tonight. I'll be back with a word count. Switch to Marilyn Manson. Perfect time to grab some chi. Friggin' organs. Red carpet grave. Synchronicity. 13 word count. Then we got interview Chini Tang. 
Oh, this is the lady talks about like. However, I, I thought I can't do anything on this child until we get him settled down. And so I tried to make a game of it. And the first thing I did was teach him the sounds for the organs because he, he found that fun. And we, we pretended we looked at all the animals for the organs and we played it being animals and we played it making sounds. And that got him engaged. It also meant that he knew the sounds to, that they were familiar when it came then to associating them with the organs. I started working on him and um, I, decided, I decided just to do a very little uh, work on his navel because that was not going to keep his attention and I moved almost immediately onto the, the lungs and clearing the diaphragm. Um, at the end of the session, both the mother and myself were very surprised that he had stayed on the table for the full time. I worked on him for about 40 minutes and he stayed on the table for that 40 minutes, which was really bring much information to help. When she got onto the table, um, I was very interested yesterday when Master Chia talked about hard belly and suicide, because I have never seen a belly like this one. It was rock hard, absolutely rock hard. And I touched one or two points just asking her how, how it felt. She felt nothing. I touched one or two uh, points around her ankle where she should have felt some pain, nothing. Um, she was very jumpy about being touched at all, clearly didn't like that. And so I decided that I would start just with shaking her to try and settle her down and calm her. Um, very widely, but they have no navel whatsoever. Um, so I'm, I'm over time, I think. So just the last case, uh, very, very briefly. Um, again, working in that part of the world, there's a lot of women who are abused. And I've been, it's part of the work I'm trying to do at the moment. If you can speak of specializing in anything, it's an area that I feel I want to contribute in. And um, some of them have been sexually abused and some of them have undergone genital mutilation or circumcision. And what I have discovered working on, I've worked on quite a number of women who have um, undergone pharaonic circumcision, which is the most extreme form of circumcision. And what I have observed there is that the navel completely disappears. They no longer have a navel. Um, they only have a fold which extends uh, very widely, but they have no navel whatsoever. Um, they also have very serious scarring issues and extremely lumpy abdomens. Um, the adhesions from the scarring seem to affect the positions of almost all of the organs in the body. So nothing is quite where you would expect it to be. Um, anyway, I'll keep this one very, very brief, just to say that working um, slowly and progressively, and again, extremely sensitively with the, the very real issues that these women have, there are most definitely results. And I have some women whose, whose navels have started to come back. And one woman who now has a complete navel, actual not round, that would be too much to hope for at this stage, but she has a, a, you know, a line, a closed navel, but it is a navel. Um, the other thing, in case any of you ever come across this, working in that part of the world, I'm often having to work with veiled women um, 
who often are very relaxed about treatments, but very often you have to work through the veil initially because they're afraid the door could open and a man might come in. And um, again, looking at the, the work we were doing this week with the elbow, it's, I've, I've learned that it's extremely important. <laughs> it's a chini tang, which is like hands-on organ massage, usually done around the navel. Oh, uh, fuck, what does he call that shit? I can't remember. <laughs> He'll say it again eventually. Um, main point being, it's a really cool, like, fucking, you squish around on people's organs, and you push them, and you shake them. <laughs> and it like it's like taking your chi and your expertise and your calmness and like transferring it through touch into the, the other person which in America people got a lot of emotional <laughs> they need to take care of before that This is a There's all of that going on. So when we say is this a part of the Dravidian culture, but we're looking at the Dravidian culture from, from a modern book, I would say no. If we're looking at the Dravidian culture from Sanskrit or a Sanskrit explanation of it, I would say no. But if we're going to go back to the ancient Tamil and then say this is connected directly into the Dravidian or Dravut's culture, then I would say yes. So, you know, just and, some real specific Gurkhan demarcations. was one of the king's uh, post-deluge. That you referred to right murugan was a king that survived the deluge who later on became known by many names and that's an entire episode because it actually gives you the story of who hiram abif really is it gives you the story of why the world feels godless or fatherless until the sons completely wake up it gives you the actual pretense of secret societies warlike clans martial arts uh, when it com becomes time to protect things so it gives us a lot that we won't be able to get into today, but if we want to put a name on it, Murugan is a king. And the acts of Murugan and the things that he's doing is being directly plagiarized by the fake Brahmins after his removal. Got it. So is there any more uh, symbology that you wanted to hit on uh, associated with the, the fake Brahmins uh, to move us forward? Yes, I do. That's uh, Seven Bomar, the Key Makers, Episode One, Kali, where he goes into the worshippers of Kali, the fake Brahmin, and the people who, throughout history, have tricked other people out of their religions and out of their cultures, <laughs> the perpetrators of the split, if you will and how it affects their DNA and like their children's DNA. Like it's a really, really in-depth three-hour video. Um, just for 309 words. Story of Rick. Also gonna finish imparting information I began to divulge earlier 
about the connection between the parts after we learn that intuitions can form together guess what it is all this self yay the reference of the eternal champion versus the immortal hero the eternal champion is explained as a bloodline a time traveler connected through circumstance and blood much like the fake brahmin how <laughs> oh, good times uh, the immortal hero is everyone who can tap into the space which is why Billy is on a scientific exploration scientific exploration being different from adventure and problem-solving by concept the structure Billy finds himself learning about has already been established there is almost no chance for fail except for the perception of the reader who reads one book without the other so it's like everything's set up already for the win everything's got an exit an entrance and a meaning unless you don't care to figure out the exit the entrance nor the meaning in which case it's your fault <laughs> one book being the day billy fell off the cliff the other book being behind the scenes book on the book Connection to the writing is more intricate than this explanation, but I'm running out of time. Which I am also still running out of time. The flaming land is filled with people who had no connection to their earth life. Had no connection in their earth life. This is no accident. These are all Billy in different times. Which is why we are able to go in the story of Rick after Billy opened the fourth wall of travel. This is why there is only one star in the sky. This is why intuitions can form together. This is how Billy and Jessica are allowed to consider themselves as one being, although they don't know the extent of their connection. Scientific exploration. To be on Earth is to have your frequency in the real soul, but he put his frequency inside his intuition, so he's able to see everyone who's also attached to his intuition in the flaming land in the astral plane they don't connect on earth because they are each other the land of fire is inhabited by his reincarnations split by nothing but time or the body which has been explained as the same thing as awareness grows they become more together this is the big reveal and secret adult wonderland will be a different situation and location as I mentioned before, somehow connected to the moon and dreams rather than the astral realm. So when arriving at the next book, we again start over with the scientific exploration. Alright, so the reincarnation split by time or the body. That's a very complicated thing. Um, in the book I've been explaining time travel with the download of a new relevant past is how you travel so if you're also the travel is explained location through coordinates location through triangulation mm -hmm.
Alright, so I do the new relevant past. Alright, let me fully explain what I'm talking about right here. In the book, we open the fourth wall with the, the beginning of chapter 19. We open the fourth wall again because Billy's already done it. So it's, a, it's now a tool uh, most easily done in the beginning of chapters. And it's noted by the voice from outside is again speaking. It's time for you to learn how to travel for yourself, and by that I mean we will believe we will be leaving the royal you of Billy, which means what this means for you, the reader, is that Billy's current awareness is where it was at the end of the last chapter, while you are going to a different time. Of course, I will give you the coordinates and a little backstory. Never hurt no book. Like in time travel movies, when a person wakes up in a different timeline. You too will get an update of the new and relevant past, and in actuality, and in actuality, the update of the new and relevant past is the journey in itself. Once your awareness understands the new relevant past, your present manifests itself anew. In relevance to time, which is relative in itself, you will be going from Billy to Rick in an instant. The instant is filled with Rick's backstory. Rick's backstory is relayed to you from outside. Yeah. So from that information, quick studies may already understand how to travel. Billy is a quick study, and all is self. This trip to the outside to speak to me must happen in some way in order to travel successfully. Very much like Billy's intuition, I first speak through symbols, with familiarity comes easier lingo. The first transmission will be the new and relevant past. The second will be your coordinates. Fun thing is, you as the insider get to choose who or what to bring with you. You as the experiencer get to decide whether or not to trust the outside voice. Alas, distrust leads to confusion, and confusion is to be avoided. So the new and relevant past, where I go to back to the first chapter, one day Rick got fed up, he was fed up with the small apartment, he was fed up with the rat infestation. He realized what people work for it didn't matter. We give Rick's past. Rick's time spent learning about the outside world and then scheming on how to make the outside world his world. He saw everyone wearing watches, he identified the importance, he schemed on how to get one, he acquired a watch. He did not identify with the previous importance. Over and over again this would happen. With things he worked so hard to get for himself, he became fed up and asked why. And the coordinates. Coordinates are frequency and then the surroundings. No, 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 wait. Frequency, body, surroundings. All right, now we're back to the tweets. Okay, so I'm trying to talk about reincarnations in the flaming land. Frequency, body, surroundings, also intuition, time, and location. These are the two ways to locate yourself. Your frequency is usually the most inner, then your body is like 
what you experience most of the time and then your surroundings is what your body is experiencing so it's like a Russian nesting doll and then also the Russian nesting doll is intuition is the innermost then time is what you experience and your location is what experiences time or what affects time so in this the body is time whatever body you're in is a time they're both frequency their their frequencies are in their intuition and their body i mean their surroundings are the land of fire their intuitions are their intuitions and the locations are the land of fire right so they're all there the only thing that separates them honestly the only difference in their location is the body which is rick's body and the time as rick or in billy's case his body is billy's body and the time as billy but frequency is still in his intuition and the surroundings of the land of fire the intuition is still intuition and the location still the land of fire which leads a person to believe that if you can manipulate time then you can become anybody in the flaming land and how you manipulate time is the download of the new and relevant past in order to you know in order to get your your time somewhere else or your body somewhere else you have to have the new past information oh man I also did like a cool Facebook post about how the only th we're split by time and knowledge or whatever like <laughs> in order to like cancel out time you insert knowledge which is like the same just saying the same things over and over again just trying to really like pin down on it the day Billy fell off the cliff scientific exploration in time and space check out my latest podcast Podbeam episode 94 like the video artificial intelligent operating systems seven bomar on positive head I'm gonna play a little bit of this we got a lot of shit to play this is a two hour 30 minute video or with each other we're going okay, 47 this minutes in. this is a greek concept and actually goes even further back that gods are fighting so uh, since gods are our parents we're really just saying our parents are fighting and and worship is actually this act like a kid of saying my dad or my mom can beat your dad and, and my right. dad can beat your dad, right? So this is how that really works. It's totally immature because right. no God ever is divided. That's You don't achieve God status as we know it today by that word, which doesn't even mean what we think, but we don't achieve God status through conflict and through war. So when we change the word worship, to something like remembering or honoring our ancestors it takes on a totally different connotation and it just does but now we're into worship right so this whole society uses this word worship 
their gods fight like i guess the islam and god is supposed to be fighting jesus now and and they they, they put it out like marvel comics but real but the reality is there's real <laughs> i casualties. hadn't heard that one right i hadn't heard and, that and one. on top of that there's there's these in these casualties it's not being mindful you know how there's this cold, whole culture of mindfulness coming out mm-hmm. it's not being it's not being mindful for 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 racism to happen it's not being mindful for gods to fight other gods the reason why is because later on the children that are damaged in that whole pettiness and all of what happens after that is not even in consideration to those who have to live in that era. So right. in this Kali Yuga, what we find, and this is the deep knowledge, okay, we now have to go deep. We're going right to the south. 5,000 years ago, okay, this empire, now remember, human, humans as we know them were not the majority for a while on the planet and still are not the majority. So sometimes when we visualize the past, even more than a thousand, two thousand years ago, we have a totally skewed idea of how many people are actually there. Right. Like Dramatically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we think that it's like India and China right now, and it's nothing like that, but an ode to how fast we can multiply. So the right. reality is, is that back in the day that when we would have an advanced civilization such as Lemuria, most of everything would be taking place all in one area. We wouldn't actually be spread out because there wasn't enough for of us to spread out anyway. Right. So when all of that came to a close, as most things tend to do, it actually came to a close with everybody almost in the same space. And that's why they're calling it the deluge. Because it would be like us all waking up one day in our fabulous city. We got conflicts. There's stuff already telling us that there's gonna be a problem. But it's just today that we find that the problem has reached ahead, and now we all got to find a new place to live because everything is covered with water. Now, if you look at the Indus Valley, and I'm going to prove this to everybody today, but if you look at the Indus Valley, this area, as they've already recorded, is always getting inundated. Even right now, some of those temples are sitting in water. Going out to the ocean, they've already found the original Lemuria. They're just not allowed to dig around it or dig it up or tell any stuff is literal. But he did say something to his sons for those that wrote that read all the books. I read all the books. I was really trying to figure out where this God character was. Needed some help. Mm-hmm. So the reality was is that what Noah told his son is that, look, there was a deluge in the world last time because, and he explained it to them, because we, you guys start, we started fighting. Basically, as the land grew numerous, cows grew numerous, people started fighting over who had the best land, and then this basically caused war to happen. And then it said, then it started in land again. It's almost like an Azazel or something. It just starts to where people start to hate each other, and people start hating being around each other. They stop not commun- They start not communicating with each other. And this brings about a deluge. So he said, look, don't basically don't do it again so you don't bring this upon the face of the earth again, or else the same thing is going to happen again. And now, almost the exact same design from which we basically saw with World War II, the symbolism that was being used, the desolation, all that is actually playing out again as if they want humanity to stay on this repeat. Like, it's a part that's etched inside of our own consciousness. But now that we know about it, now that we know how imperative it is for us all to do what we naturally do when we're together when i'm on a kayak or a raft with a bunch of people we become friends so fast when it's time to get with those waves we don't be looking at each other like i'm you know i'm I'm, he's the wrong color or whatever the case may be 
Seven Bomar attacking racism. Talking about deluges. Deluge, delusions. Uh, when shit gets buried underwater. Much like Atlantis and Lemuria. Which he mentions that they have found uh, between Africa and India. No, it's between Africa, India, and Australia. Like a little triangle. Was Lemuria. Or Kandi. <laughs> the land of Kandi. The next video is a dude doing magic at a Montauk Chia thing. It's really fucking cool. They fall through the earth and out on the other side. That first trick was a song that he played on a flute. A flute that has no holes. Or it's got like one hole. It's pretty much just a, a hollow cylinder. And he played like a whole fucking flute song. Just manipulating his own breath. Taking like Montauk Chia Tao Dao uh, methodology and like theory, and then he's applying it to sleight of hand magic. And it's called Magic Alex Cosmic Ride 2012 in Brazil, in Basel, Switzerland. I like the video, The Conscious Entrepreneur. I guess I should also mention the other ones. So that was Magic Alice, Switzerland number one. I also liked Magic Alex, uh, Switzerland number five. Uh, I like number three. I liked a video called Intersecuria Myopia. Live Acoustic Alexandria Palace, London. And then like the video, The Conscious Entrepreneur, which I'm going to play a little bit of. Is 33 minutes in. And if you have an ecosystem that has to be very secure and you have people working in that ecosystem, 
sometimes you need to give them passwords that you still need to be protected very well. And so what you can do there, it's just, I got to sit in too much, just, it's worn itself out. There's no more cushions, so I have to keep adjusting myself in the seat. Um, so with Typeform, you know, we have these standard form systems that are out there everywhere. You know, there's like tons of form systems across the internet. And, you know, some people say, you know, what's in a form anyway? I mean, it's just a form. People fill it out and then, you know, that's it. But actually not. Um, the, how the form looks has a tendency to determine whether a person even fills it out or not. And um, Typeform cracked into that quite quite a bit of time ago. And uh, I guess Typeform, Typeform's been up for about a year and a half, something like Because the conscious entrepreneur is legitimately going down a list of Google add-ons and like programs that you can use as an entrepreneur to make your business bloom and blossom and shit. Then he invites some other guy on there to do a presentation of how he does his his classes, his internet classes from like Instagram. He's talking about being like doing a tasty method. Where you like you learn it's like one of those acronyms where you have to like give people incentives, you have to give the action thing, and then you have to like teach. I think the T and tasty is one of the T's is or taste or whatever. One of the T's is teach. I don't know what the other one is. Then I got some tweets. I'm watching a live YouTube video about some awesome tools that are free Google Chrome add-ons and downloads. It's pretty legit, but I don't know how long it's been, nor how long the video will last. It was a live video when I was watching it. I gotta take a shower, and I'm not gonna let some amazing information stop me. This is also, oh, it says three days ago. Three days, 10th, 9th, 8th, 7th maybe, the 7th of November. I'm glad to be back on Twitter for whatever reason, be it live YouTube or book or feelings. Happy birthday to the nigga at J. Rowe, which is John Rowe. It was his birthday. I just learned so much business shit that I'm not ready for. Holy crepes, Batman. Holy crepes, Batman. <laughs> the internet world of marketing is some complex shit. Emails and charts and to-do lists, oh my. He says, almost done. Now we move on to protection software. Nice, nice. Earlier, there was this cool site that takes care of complex passwords and stuff. Zoom is pretty legit, too. LOL, he said he's still trying to replace it. LOL, I'ma record my live podcast with Zoom. They found a site program suit that makes it... They found a site program suit that makes simple cartoons that are usually associated with businesses. Explanations in marketing. Oh, Jesus. A sentence. They found a program that makes simple cartoons that are usually associated with business explanations in marketing. It's pretty freaking legit. Beyond is most likely how it's spelled. V-Y-O-N-D, Beyond with a V, V is in Victor. <laughs> Let's make cartoons, lol, one day I'll visit this video and be a marketing master. I can't waste time, but this type of learning is not what I expected to be doing. I'm glad to know it's out there, though. How to be 
Real Professional, The Conscious Entrepreneur by Seven Bomar and Innerstand, Secret Energy, Sovereignty 2020. I'm so proud of this journey niggas is making, y'all. Dude just handed the stream off to another person and they took the baton and started running. This is cool. I can't wait to grow my own other ideas. LOL, like I'm not already invested in stuff myself. Coolio. Hashtag yo. Retweet of Secret Energy. Replying to at BlackRocker. Give thanks for connecting. That's at Innerstand with Secret Energy. I got a Seven Bomar tweet because I mentioned him talking about I can't waste time, how to be a professional, a conscious entrepreneur. I took my shower with the video playing, multitasking for the win, nigga. I learned some shit about how to spell a pro. I learned some shit about how to sell a product, even if that product is a class or an experience. Like the video, Doctor Strange, Kalindi Lee. Like the video, Mantar Chia, 2011 video interview by Council of Nine, Purpose of You, HTS, and it's nine. Let's see what part this is. So the first thing that I'll say, you need this to part calm two. the soul and the spirit. When a child born, we call unborn. When he born, the soul spirit is not very well fitted yet. So sometimes the soul spirit can laugh. So in the way of the Tao practice is that first thing we have to calm our soul and spirit and make the soul and spirit want to stay. We hide the people, we want to give, we want to donate. Because it activates our kindness, activates our generosity. So, in unconsciously, we're changing material into immaterial. So, the whole thing is that now we have feel kindness, we feel generosity, we feel love. Please help give us a deeper understanding of how we can prevent excessive loss of sexual energy and how we can transform the jing into qi to fuel the development of our soul and our spirit. Go into a loving fire and we combine all the good virtue energy into a compassion fire. Now we have the fire. Now you have material, simple, sending love down to your sexual organ wrap the fire around the central organ fire material boom it changes to material and suddenly you have many many energy and when you started to multiply them because sexual energy can multiply so when you feel arousal it's multiplied because multi-orgasm when you feel arousal in the central organ you multiply into the kidney into the liver into the heart. 
So Mink and I are really also in favor of the higher practices that instructors can go easier and more with more understanding to the higher practices because we have a gap there of actually teachers teaching the higher practices. So the idea of this uh, commentary of Grammar's Tree is also to encourage you to come to the higher level practices because they really bring you further success in your life as well. So Grammar's Tree, can you enlighten uh, uh, the instructors globally about the higher level of the practices, lesser, greater, greatest economy, and also the three last formulas up to reunion? You have to be enlightened. What mean by in the thousand and life? So the thousand and life may be different from other people. The thousand they said, once you know that your real purpose to be here, and there is you want to grow your soul and spirit, educating them. All right, this is the most important of the interviews by the Council of Nine. Um, this is part 12. The other one was part eight, and the first one was part two. He, if you watch all 14 parts, it's really like the whole theory of his Tao practice. But this part was most uh, relevant for me, is actually featured on my Instagram story that I talked about that most people will not even be able to see. It's gonna erase itself at three in the morning. <laughs> it's only available today on uh, November 10th. Actually, it's not only available today because Instagram saves all of their shit. There's a fucking archive of stories. So it's not completely gone. It's in the archive somewhere. Know, ask me about it one day. And give them the wisdom and knowledge. And to really understand this, the world, we just want more money, more sex, more everything. And all these things drain our life force and nothing to feed our soul. And you're not enlightened. So when you enlighten, you understand the lesser greater currently. So the first thing that when you enlighten, you know this is what I want. And you go for it. The second thing one is understand the death. So in the Taoism, we don't talk about death, but we talk about separations. Because soul and spirit and physical, they don't come together. They are two different species, okay? It's like the dog and fish. They don't come together. They cannot mate together because they are two different species. So the physical cannot talk to the soul and spirit unless the chi the energy. So we call the soul and spirit is the intelligent energy. Okay? So, but our physical can produce in chi. So that's why we have the link to the soul and spirit. So in the lesson at Greater Kali, we started to more emphasize on practicing separation. If we say another word is practicing death. But in the Tao, we don't say no death. Because we transform them and we take them out with me, so there's no death there. If we can transform the material into the material, there's no death. We only take one, put it into another one, and that's it, and we separate them out. So that's why in the dark room, 
the lesser greater ingress can in the thousand we are practicing in the dark room the dark room because when we are born in the fetus we store the fire mo and dmt under the pineal gland and if we say in the modern term we call a death hormone death hormone so people excellently discover taking mushroom taking cactus taking some drug boom the our body the body separate but in the thousand you use them up and the next time you cannot explain them very well and when you near death you have no energy left to separation so we become fear because all unknown and never experience so in the dark room the number one when you producing enough melatonin melatonin we started to producing 5 emo is you see color see light see vision hear music and dmt is a separation by practicing it to producing more this dmt not use them up and we started to train a separation by transforming our material into immaterial so the energy the physical and the spirit are very clear and we separate them out we train them to separate them out so in the downset one you have this and light this is second and light when you enlighten this one that mean death had no sting on us you know afraid of death anymore why because it's a separation you came for a day you know and you entice your eternal one the immortal one and you have the vehicle you have the soul spirit and you have the form and you know that hey i'm very concrete i can lie now i see i feel it this is what i want and you go for it but you need more energy so in the lesser carnally we are taking more inside the body we transform our steaming and clean out and crystallize the energy and after that we started to take the earth forces with so much power we call the earth cauldron fly under the sea we call earth cauldron that is a big gigantic cauldron all right the uh, the greatest cunningly is uh not irrelevant but it's just it's a bunch of cauldrons it's doing alchemy with the so i mean like i could explain it but he can explain it but i'm not going to explain it but it's pretty much changing material to immaterial again all right so that was the council of the nine video oh we got some more darkroom retreats we got like three more darkroom retreat testimonials and the significance with DMT he mentioned DMT a bunch DMT is the separation practicing separation practicing death coming forth by day all things that have covered on this podcast like two years ago when I was making my mixtapes and my time loops you know Negus Manipulator a ritual awakening mixtape that other people can use to come forth by day or practice separation 
Imagine playing Negus Manipulator in a dark room. Also, still going through the fears and stuff. Using DMD to practice separation. Lucid dream states. It's scary. It's scary, it's nauseating, but it's there. It's there and I do not fear death. <laughs> Although the fear of death was a long time ago erased before practicing separation. Before practicing like concrete separation. There's a difference between imaginative and concrete. Although once you reach the concrete, you realize the imaginative is also concrete. Which like, uh, or you can just make it concrete, which like is what I did when I'm referencing the imaginative separation practice being the land of fire that I'm currently writing the book The Day Billy Fell Off the Cliff about, which is turning imagination into concrete. And through this practice, I guess you could say, uh, I'm actually learning that it's a scientific exploration into the astral world astral world because like everything everything like connects and shit I've never strayed very far away from my own personal experience in the land of fire you know there was consumption there there was fire you know like lightning's different I added a more hands-on intuition in the story whatever either way it's some amazing shit so the idea is like practicing separation is can be many forms the darkroom retreat is like the most valuable form of separation practice because it's it builds up your own DMT, 5-MeO DMT is what he was mentioning. 5-MeO is like a more potent DMT that puts you straight to the quote-unquote breakthrough part of DMT instead of the colors and stuff. Uh, that's very researchable. It's on YouTube and shit. Look up 5-MeO DMT. It's uh, the thing you smoke it and you're like, oh shit, everything's one. <laughs> Oh shit, oneness, you know. Instead of, you know, like a bunch of trippy colors and out-of-body experiences, it's more like it, it really heightens your frequency to where you can understand everything you're thinking about. And in understanding everything you're thinking about, you usually open your subconscious mind a little bit and that will show you some shit. Which is the same situation in the dark room, except the difference between smoking DMT or 5-MeO-DMT, which is easier snorted, I hear. Anyway, the difference between smoking or snorting the DMTs and doing the dark room is it's more internal in the dark room. The uh, drugs or the medicines are external. They come from trees. So it's, it's like outward source for the internal work it's a little bit different a little bit different 
Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is Ingrid. She has just come out of the dark room, so you might be interested uh, to know what happened there and why did she decide to go there for a whole week in the dark. Ingrid, could you tell us what made you decide to come? So, um, I heard about the dark room last summer, and um, it's always was interesting what it's about. And um, what it made neon, like a whitish, whitish, yellow, greenish color. And I'm like, and I was next to me, neighbor, which one you are always shushing us. <laughs> Anthony. So I was keep saying, Anthony, look, can you see me? <laughs> and he's like, no, I can't see anything. I say, try again. <laughs> look, I'm neon, I'm neon. So but he couldn't see me. So then Hani came to me and I saw her pink, like really bright pink. I couldn't believe. I said, don't move. And I wanted to see uh, if I'm just uh, imagining. So I tried to touch the way the shoulders finishing the height and everything. Because I thought, no, maybe I'm getting cuckoo. Maybe I'm imagining. Maybe just a fantasy, you know. So I tried to touch her and I touch her everywhere the shoulders. I explain where is shirt finishing, where is arms going, where is leg going. Everything you see in the colors. Her head was like a alien <laughs> gray color you know <laughs> so then i saw a couple people again from outside again i saw them in in pink most color people i saw in pink yeah the walls my bathroom walls were red and i'm like whoa that looks sexy <laughs> <laughs> so um some of the walls outside that white aura but it's very tr morning francisco this guy I featured in my Instagram story today. This guy, Darkroom Testimonial from Francisco Ramez Espinosa. Oh, hello, guys. You have been now three weeks in the darkroom, and I would like to know how three was weeks. Experience? Well, it was incredibly amazing and incredibly transforming, I would say. And for me, uh, as I said, my room was upstairs, but I did. I I picked a mattress that was doing it straight ahead. But then, if I could stay focused and say, "Guide me to guide me to stairs," it did. And to go through the darkness helped me overcome the biggest fear in my life. That biggest fear was, "What what do I do next?" So fear of, of success rather than fear of failure. I asked a girl her number she says no it's fine she says yes what do i do next <laughs> she agrees to go with me what do i do next but now in the darkness i know what to do next i know that i don't need to know all the answers all the time i know that i don't need to know where i am all the time i know, know that my pineal my higher self is there to guide me to the right place mm -hmm. oh that's very good yeah that's really very good achievement yeah how about the food, the eco fasting? <laughs> Actually, discipline, or to, to learn that I have that kind of discipline, to stick to such a strict diet for three weeks. Of detox, uh, drinks and pills. Triggered memories from my childhood or adolescence of the body, which I can sense my body is cleaner, but also the, the, the cheese and the darkness 
help me trigger memories from my childhood or adolescence. And in loneliness and silence, I was able to come to terms with them, not stick to them, not just uh, hit uh, select and delete, but come to terms, forgive, forgive myself, forgive others, understand my responsibility in some issues, but also not blame myself because at that moment I didn't know I had the necessary tools nor the knowledge of how to use those tools to handle a situation better. Mm. So it was a... It was good for you. Yeah. Very good, a very... Did you also make um, use of the offering of having treatments in the dark, like Thai massage or chin inside? You want massage, yes. You did? Yes. It was good? Very good, very relaxing. I, I've always been stressed in my shoulders and I, I think that massage helped me release a lot of that stress. Mm -hmm. yeah. Of course, most of it was in my mind and thanks to all that mental work, uh, this stress will be gone. Mm -hmm. Very good. So you can recommend this dark room to other people? Absolutely. Um, also, I'm, I'm starting to prepare to come to a second retreat, maybe not, in, not, not next year, maybe in two years. Mm -hmm because I have a life to run, but also I want to prepare my children to come here with oh, me. Good. So good. to that extent, I would recommend. Yeah, great. I want to bring my own children. Mm -hmm. Good. Thank you very much. Cosmic Ride, Simple Theory, Supreme Creator. You connect by itself. You don't have to do anything if you turn on your internet. But if you don't turn on internet, don't keep on saying, why not connect? Why not connect? Because you don't turn on the internet. Okay? And how to turn on your internet? You have a lot of loving chi, happy chi, appreciation chi, grateful chi, and you so much, boom, you turn on. Simple or not? Simple. Too easy, huh? Too easy. Probably don't do it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Simple, huh? But we don't do it sometimes, huh? <laughs> That's uh, a good teacher. So you can make more chi to feed your baby. If you understand this, you enlighten. You are greater enlightened. Okay? Now, next thing is that baby need to feed them with what? Food. And the best baby food is what? Jing, chi, and love. Jing Chi is what? Sexual energy. Sexual energy is the only extra energy you can transform. That's a lot. Extra. Now, when you understand, when you realize that I have a child to raise, and I have not only one child, but five to nine child to raise, and now you determine that I going to raise this child. So the Tao always compare our soul and spirit as what? So they always draw a picture very small. <laughs> tiny little soul and tiny little spirit inside here, very small. So they like a child, like a spirit, like a baby, like a child. They don't grow. The soul and spirit, they have to draw a lotto to come in to take your body. There is a lot of lotto to draw. Lottery, okay? So if not every soul, they have time to come and take your body. 
If they don't have chance to take your body, mean they never grow. They will remain like a child forever. One thing about the soul spirit, they don't die. But if you don't feed them, they don't grow. So, this is the theme. This is the most important part of the Tao practice. You have to raise your soul and the spirit and educating them. Okay? And you have mortal child. So you get your physical energy transformed to energy and you feed into the emotional. Alright, this is gonna be the last YouTube video and then I have some stand up. But what I'm gonna do is let this play a little bit. Use the bathroom. When you understand this and when you practice it, now your job is teach other people to do it. Get other people to enlighten. A simple first enlighten, second enlighten, third enlighten. So the third enlightenment is important. Know that you have a child and a spirit. So what do you do? Like before that, right? Saturday night fever, right? Okay, so the first thing what you have to do, you change your life, you change your behavior, you change everything, okay? Everything you are living, so a mother willing to get their life for the baby. So you all your life, all your purpose is what? Raise the child and the baby. And you believe that this child and this baby is the immortal one okay if i transform my physical become cheap and i feed it into my soul and spirit my part of me my part of my conscious and my conscious are feeding into the immortal one so you can immortal baby you understand what is the major goal of the Tao? you can become immortal too there was one video probably in the 14 video interview from the Council of Nine, a 14 part video from the Council of Nine where he talks about, it's either video 13 or video 14, where after the, the greatest Cunning Lee uh, is immortality structure, where he talks about like some people transform their material to immaterial like um like some great masters will leave just their head and their no just their hair and nails like the only parts of their body that you'll be able to find after they transition is their hair and nails because they successfully form uh material to immaterial then you have like Jesus who died and then after he died was able to form his material to immaterial and then appear in an energy body right and then you got like immortals who like slowly organ by organ uh, transfer their material to immaterial organ by organ without having to die and I, I don't know the difference between the immortals and the people who leave only hair and nails 
Oh, wait, yeah, I do, because also Seven Bomar in the Kali thing is talking about cities, or Sidas, which are the Indian version of the Immortals. Sidas uh, like lived in caves and shit. They didn't do nothing but, like, experience chi. <laughs> and they had superpowers, like, fucking all of this uh, trippy shit. That you'd see on drugs or whatever. They had abilities to do that. Also what they could do is form themselves into a sperm. And then plant themselves into somebody else. You, they can... <laughs> so really like you can. Like uh, Montauk Chia talks about the pearl of energy. And he talks about the fetus. And he talks about the immortal body. So if you take that immortal body concept, you form it into a very small pearl, you put it into your sperm, you inject it into an egg, you got reincarnation, boom, you you rebirth yourself. Like <laughs> that's some high level magic shit. Or you can do that same thing, implant yourself in somebody else and just live with them. You know, you could do a whole bunch of shit. At those high levels of Sidas and Immortals. Immortal Daos. And we gotta hit up the Alistair Crowley Toth deck. Alistair Crowley Toth deck, I know this is a lot to ask. To sum up two and a half hours of tweets. But Alistair Crowley Toth deck, what do you think about these tweets? We got Outward, Queen of Swords. Queen of Swords. Swords are the wind, intelligence, Radha. Uh, she's sitting on a cloud with a sword in one hand and a mask in the other. Big chilling. Queen of Swords. So what do you think about those tweets? Now we're going to get to stand up. We got three of them. They're probably not worth the wait. I really wish I would have played them earlier. Now, like a smaller, like, 
Next one is from the 5th of November. That was from Buddha Belly. This one's most likely from 12 Mile. Definition on either of them, you know. 
Sets. That was at Crescent Fresh, also known as the, um, not the Dragon's Den, yeah it is the Dragon's Den, the Dragon's Den, Crescent Fresh. Crescent Fresh is one of the only ones I call by its name, the other ones I'm like, oh it was at Buddha Belly. That one's called Stand Up or Shut Up. 12 Mile Limit is called Bear With Me. Crescent Fresh is the Dragon's Den. <laughs> and now that we're done with all that, and all that, we can finally, oh, we gotta flip separate tweets, separate tweets, we're gonna flip separate cards for each set since I remember their places and locations and shit. Alistair Crowley Toth deck, what'd you think about stand up or shut up at Buddha Belly? We flip an N-word, the Aeon, number 20, the Aeon, trump card, very colorful trump card. That was the wine story where I went to Walgreens and the worker stole my wine. She didn't really like steal it, she just replaced it. She replaced my good Pinot with some Chardonnay. Like what type of shit? Anyway, uh, Toth Deck, what did you think about Bear With Me at 12 Mile Limit? Flipping Outward Happiness, number nine of Cups. Cups are emotion. Number nine, happiness, uh, emotional happiness. That was the set about, I uh, did my hair joke and then I did Grand Wizard joke. Flipping the outward happiness for that one. And Alistair Crowley Toth deck, what did you think about Dragon's Den, the Crescent Fresh Mike? We flipping outward domination, oh no, dominion. Number two of wands, dominion. And that was a very very tight set I did about the Barnes and Noble bathroom and vaginas that leads into chicken sperm. My chicken sperm pun bit. <laughs> Which is a really good bit that I have like is real structured. So that was pretty cool. Those are the three sets, three cards for the three sets. Now the only thing we have left is spiritual warfare to road card battle. Spiritual Warfare aka Tarot Card Battle where you can grab a Tarot deck and play for some soul. Win yourself some soul, baby. That's right, because if you think you win, then you do win. I appreciated last episode having a guest that played. That was the second guest. First guest who ever played Spiritual Warfare, James Germain. Second guest who's ever played Spiritual Warfare, Jake Cosden. 
legitimate. We're going to do spiritual warfare where you get your tarot battle if you think you win, you win. You shuffle the deck, you play like a battle game, you know, like you flip a card, you use it to your advantage, whether it's the number, whether it's the name, whether it's the picture, you use that to your advantage to win. Alright, we're doing shuffles, now we shuffle, and then one, two, three, flip. I flip interference, number eight of swords, intellectual interference. With interference, I will interfere with any plan that you make to win. Oh yeah. Then we're going to shuffle again, shuffle and shuffle it. We're shuffling again. Um, one, two, three, flip. I flip the Empress, a trump card, number three. The Empress. With this, I'll rule over your decisions uh, in, in such a manner that any decision you make gives me your soul. Because you're using me, I'm the Empress. You know, hardball. We're playing hardball. And we're going to do one more flip. Shuffling again, shuffling the bag. One, two, three, flip. I flip the fool, number zero. With the fool, I would foolishly win anyway. <laughs> yeah, I foolishly walk into the win. That's legitimate. That's spiritual warfare. This has been You Tweeted, You Mean It. I am your host, Byron Broussard, also known as Lord Blackrocker on Instagram and Blackrocker on Twitter. I'm not just me.com is the website, and this is You Tweeted, You Mean It, episode 95.4. Once again, you can't end like that.